Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is The Stone Rolled Away. The Stone Rolled Away. Newsweek magazine some years ago printed a rather interesting letter. The letter was from the Greenville County, South Carolina Department of Social Services. The letter was addressed to a dead person. It said to whom it may concern. Your food stamps will be stopped effective immediately because we have received notice that you passed away. May God bless you. You may reapply if there's a change in your circumstances. Well, there is only one person that I know of who has had a change of circumstances, who came back from the dead, and that is Jesus Christ, whose resurrection from the dead we are celebrating today. Matthew tells us in chapter 27 of his gospel that when they crucified Jesus on Friday, the Jewish leaders remembered that Jesus had said he would rise from the dead. Though they did not believe Jesus could do it, they nevertheless took precaution to prevent his disciples from stealing his body from its resting place and claiming that he had risen. They asked Pilate to secure the tomb against theft. So Pilate dispatched soldiers to guard the tomb and told them to secure it the best they could. They placed a huge stone at the entrance of the tomb sealed it, and left guards to guard it. As the women walked towards the tomb early on Sunday morning, intending to anoint the dead body of Jesus as the last act of love and devotion, their chief concern was the heavy stone they knew had been rolled in front of the entrance to the tomb. And so in Matthew chapter 28, Verses 1 and 2, we read, Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to see the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, because an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. And then Mark Uh, says in Mark 16, verses 2 through 4, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. The question, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb, 
summarizes the mournful inquiry of the whole universe. Who among the mighty shall remove the barrier to man's happiness? Philosophers attempted the task, but failed miserably. Men, generation after generation, buried their dead, and the all-devouring grave swallowed up its victims. Who could stay the daily slaughter or give hope beyond the grave? No answer was given to sages and kings, but the women who loved the Savior found an answer. They came to the tomb of Jesus, but it was empty, for Jesus had risen. Here is the answer to the world's inquiry. There is another life. Human beings will live again because Jesus lives. In humanity's path to happiness lies a gigantic stone, the stone of sin, which the world's wisest and mightiest men have been unable to remove. Who will roll back the stone of sin, which stands as a barrier to man's happiness and fulfillment? Sin, what a gigantic problem that has been for mankind. It has toppled kingdoms, ravaged cities, devastated nations, corrupted governments, bankrupt businesses, and shamed communities. Sin has broken communication between neighbors, between family members, between fellow employees, between husband and wife, between friends, and even between members of the body of Christ. But most of all, it has broken communication between man and God. Who will roll back the gigantic stone of sin? It is sin that has led to death, and until sin has been dealt with, death stands in man's path to happiness. There can be no true happiness when we have to live in fear of death. Every human being eventually falls a victim to death, which leaves in its wake sorrow, grief, loneliness, and unanswerable questions. In spite of the advancements in medical science in extending human life, the time comes when all of us must give up these bodies of clay to the earth from whence they came. The women on that first Easter morning discovered, uh, to their surprise, that God in his omnipotence had sent an angel to roll away the stone. What humanity could not do, God did, and that is the good news of Easter. I'd like to make two brief points for our consideration this morning. First, the message of the rolled away stone. The message of the rolled away stone is that the door to the tomb has been removed. Death's house was firmly secured by a huge stone, but the angel removed it. Henceforth, death's ancient prison house is without a door. The bodies of the saints of God will enter the grave, but the grave has no power over their bodies now. As a result of what happened that first Easter, the grave has changed its character. 
The grave is no longer a punishment for sin, but an entrance into rest. Our sins were the great stone which shut the entrance of the tomb and held us captive in death. But Jesus, on the cross, bore our sins in his body. And henceforth, death for the believer is no longer a dark dungeon, but rather a perfumed room, the vestibule of heaven. There is now nothing to prevent the resurrection of believers. The stone of sin, which could keep us in the prison house of death, has been rolled away. The stone rolled away also speaks to us of the rest provided for the children of God. Matthew 28 and verse 2 says, There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. The angel sat down on the huge stone, as it were, to show defiance to the Jews and their seal, to show defiance to the Roman soldiers and their spears, to show defiance to death and to hell. He sat on it as much as to say, Come and roll the stone back again, you enemies of the risen Christ. All you infernal powers who thought you had defeated the Prince of Glory, roll back the stone again if you can. Or do you mourn a departed husband or wife, a mother, a father, son, daughter, a grandchild, a relative or friend? Come and sit upon the stone which tells you your loved one or friend who died a Christian will rise again. Are you concerned about all of the deaths caused by the coronavirus? Come and sit down upon the stone with the angel and remember that death has lost its terror, that death does not have the last word, for Jesus has risen from the dead. You who are advanced in years and becoming feeble in body, take your seat beside the angel by faith and breathe the defiance of death and all of the hosts of hell. The stone also rolled away may be seen as a foreshadowing of the ruin of Satan's kingdom. Our Lord came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. During his life, he dislodged here and there a stone in Satan's kingdom by healing the sick, raising the dead, and proclaiming good news to the poor. But on the resurrection morning, the huge fortress of darkness trembled from top to bottom, and its walls began to crumble. When the stone was rolled away from Jesus' tomb, it was a prophecy that every stone of Satan's kingdom will come down. Brothers and sisters, that stone rolled away from the door of the tomb gives us glorious hope. Evil is still strong in our society, but it will come down. Spiritual wickedness reigns in high places. The multitudes still clamor after evil. Crime and violence continues to plague us, especially in the African-American society. Injustice, discrimination, and racism are still a reality in the lives of minorities. Conflict and strife still dominate the hearts of mankind. 
but one day they will end. By his resurrection, Christ dealt such a blow to the whole structure of evil that every stone in that structure will be certain to fall. The day will come when every evil and every injustice will end. That loosened stone on which the angel sat is a reminder to us of the coming down of everything that is ungodly. Rejoice, my brothers and sisters, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. He is in control of the universe, and he and his eternal purpose for us will be perfectly fulfilled. So we have uh, looked at the message of the role of a stone, but secondly, I want to look at the message of the angel from his pulpit of stone. The first thing the angel said to the women was, don't be afraid. We read in in Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 through 7. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has been raised from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember, I have told you. The disciples were in fear because of what had happened to their Lord. Every generation from the very time that sin came into the world has been um, afraid of the circumstance of life. Fear runs rampant in our day, especially as we listen daily to the statistics of the sick and dying from the coronavirus. We are afraid of contacting the, the virus. We are afraid of a diagnosis of cancer. We are afraid of losing our loved ones. We are afraid of losing our material possessions and, and our hearts go out to the some 17 million people of the last three weeks who have applied for unemployment. We are afraid of the future because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. We are afraid of being alone. We are afraid of losing control. We are afraid of rejection. We are afraid of death. We can be so afraid that we never risk commitment or intimacy. We can be so afraid that we never try anything new, never risk reaching out, and never dare express ourselves. Fear can paralyze us. That's where the resurrection comes in. If Christ is alive and we have received him as our Savior, there is no reason whatever for us to be afraid. The past, we need not fear, it is forgiven. The present, we need not fear, it is provided for. The future, we need not fear because it is secured by the power of Jesus. When you are tempted to be afraid, think of what David says in Psalm 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 8, the Lord himself goes before you. 
and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then the Apostle Paul, in that great chapter of Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, he says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? See, notice in Matthew 28 and 5, what the angel said. He says, do not be afraid. I know. It's the angel as God's servant knew what was in the minds of these devoted women. But even more important for us to remember is that our Heavenly Father knows everything about us. He knows the burdens that we bear. He knows the pressures that we feel. He knows the enemies that we face, the frustrations that we have, and he knows the grief that we have experienced. He knows our desires. He knows our fears. He knows our anxieties. Yes, God knows. He knows about the tears that we have shed, the troubles that we have encountered, the trials that we have faced, the nights that we have dreaded, the sorrows that we have had, the loneliness that we have feared, the hardships that we have suffered, the difficulties we have confronted, and he knows the need of your heart and my heart at this very moment. The hymn writer puts it like this. Yes, he knows just how much you can bear. Though the load gets heavy, you're never left alone to bear it all. Ask for the strength and keep on toiling, though the teardrops fall. You have the joy of this assurance. The Heavenly Father will always answer prayer. And he knows, yes, he knows just how much you can bear. The angel went on to say, Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. You see, the women were seeking Jesus, though the world had crucified him. Though many had turned aside and left him, these women were clinging to him in loving loyalty. Though friends may turn their backs on Jesus, though family may give up on Jesus, though the world may reject him, Thank God if today you can say, I'm not ashamed to own my Lord or to defend his cause. Maintain the honor of his word, the glory of his cross. Then the angel adds, he's not here. He has been raised from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. Jesus is alive. He has risen and is willing to reveal himself to those who seek him. Today he is ready to relieve you of your burden of sin. He's ready to relieve you of your sinful habits, whatever those may be. There is no problem anyone has today that the risen Christ cannot solve. There's no sorrow that he cannot soothe. There's no financial need that he cannot meet. There is no trouble that he cannot remove. And there is no illness that he cannot cure. 
Whatever be your need today, the risen Christ stands ready to meet it. For he now has all power in his hands. He is alive. Alive to bless you, alive to keep you, alive to guide you, alive to return for you, and alive to assign your place in his Father's kingdom. He lives to be admired eternally by his people in a land where we never grow old, in a land which is fairer than day, in a house not made with hands, in the new Jerusalem from which death is forever expelled and where goodbyes are not known. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we can be confident that God will cause everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. Because Christ rose from the dead, we can be confident that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we can be confident that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or, or think. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we can be confident that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. And because Christ rose from the dead, we can be confident that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. It has been this faith that has given Christians the determination to endure their trials, to bear their burdens, to seize their opportunities, to solve their problems, to carry their crosses. This faith in the risen Christ has given Christians down through the ages the willpower to move the unmovable, to endure the unendurable, to love the unlovable, to forgive the unforgivable, to bear the unbearable, and to conquer the unconquerable. Faith in the risen Christ has allowed Christians to stay calm in the midst of their crises, to have peace in the midst of their problems, to have joy in the midst of their sorrow, and to press on in the midst of their pain. With this faith in the risen Christ, Christians have leaned heavily on the everlasting arms of God. They have dealt, knelt patiently at the foot of the cross. They have walked calmly through the valley of the shadow of death. They have bowed reverently before the throne of God, waited expectantly for the answers to prayer, and looked lovingly for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. This faith has delivered them in times of difficulties and disasters, strengthened them in times of trials and temptations, sustained them in times of, of sickness and suffering, kept them in times of poverty and persecution, revived them in times of sorrow and separation, and led them in times of darkness and despair. Christ is risen, hallelujah. Christ is risen, praise the Lord. Christ is risen, glory be to God. And the testimony of God's people is he lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within 
my heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.